Regal Movie Masters. Unlimited. This is the Regal Movie Masters Unlimited Podcast, where we indiscriminately watch every goddamn movie that comes out at the local theater. Here, Movie Masters today are Dean. Hi. Brent. Hello. Dylan. Hello. And I am Colin. We got uh, four films on the docket here. You ready, everyone? And it's gonna, they're going to be tackled in this order. So be prepared. We got uh, She Came in the... <laughs> keep it. We keep calling it She Came in the Woods. Like she nutted in the woods. She busted in the woods. But it's called She Came from the Woods, which I, uh, I'm going to point out as a, as, um, a bad title just because of that. <laughs> or maybe that's why they like it. I don't know. Wasn't that a, that like, um, help me out here. Uh, Mike Lee and black, like romantic comedy parody. Uh, they came together. <laughs> it was like playing on that, but this is a, a little eighties slasher movie. Anyways, we got, uh, uh, magic Mike's last dance consecration and the amazing Maurice. It's a four for today. We got four, four films, real movie films to watch, uh, leading off with, she came from the woods, from the woods. This is uh, director Eric Bloomquist. He's part of a co-writing duo with Carson Bloomquist. They've done a handful of these films, kind of a generally low-budget genre films, with one weird rom-com thrown in the middle, which I actually now want to seek out and watch because it <laughs> isn't a horror movie. But um, yeah, this is a very uh, 80s-style slasher. It takes place 1987 in uh, a, a camp site. Some kids jokingly resurrect this uh, spooky old nurse who is in the woods from which she came from, and uh, they accidentally set off a series of events that leads to, uh, let's just say, we'll, we'll say we'll say hijinks for now. But yeah, it's a, it's a typical low-budget um, 80s-style slasher. Um, not too bad. I, I was entertained throughout. I generally don't uh love these kind of movies if only because i don't know i think there's enough of them from the 80s that you could actually watch and enough that i haven't seen from the 80s that i don't really need new ones made like this um but this one wasn't super offensive like hey guys want to go to the mall thriller just came out do you guys see back to the future anyways like it's not super dialed into the retro 80s thing in fact i kind of don't know why it was taking place in the 80s like was there a reason for it Maybe the phone issue? Sure, but the whole thing is the, the... They made fun of that, though. They said there's only one phone in the entire property. Right. Yeah. But the whole thing is that the they, we just accept that this uh, demon nurse witch uh, lady that uh, has been resurrected like takes out electricity and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't have a problem just giving her... Oh, she could have taken out a cell phone. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Uh, and they're like camping, so they could be in the middle of nowhere and no service or something. Like. Sure. There could be ways around it, I guess. Yeah, and it just doesn't... I don't know why they decided to make it in 80s. Maybe because there's an audience for it. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's cheap. It's cheap. I don't... Yeah. I don't. This is why I don't like it, because it's like some other extra gimmick to add. But I will say, you know, to this movie's credit, I think there is a... Uh, like the best horror movies, there is like a core issue underneath it all, which is like this idea of family secrets and generational... Um, uh, Secrets. I can't think of another word for it. But, uh, you know, a dark family secret that generations down the line, because it's never discussed, turns into this problem that they can't handle. And uh, well, I want to really give it credit, especially in the script department, for like, instead of just having a real mindless slasher, there is 
some core issue at play. The death scenes were on par. They were fine. And, you know, I, there's a, a, a cool, I don't think this is a spoiler or anything. Not that anyone listening <laughs> is like going to be too precious about this. But uh, like the, the nurse demon witch lady, she gets a bunch of children and drives them nuts. Turns them crazy. Kind of like Cronenberg's uh, The Brood, you know. Mm-hmm. It's underutilized. And um, I think kind of justifies having bad kid actors, which is pretty much all kid actors. It's like fun. They're they're silly. They're they're cute little kids in the first half, and then they're they're little psychos running around, kind of like zombies. So yeah, usually these the 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 people in the woods, they're just like one slasher guy, then running away from him the whole time. This time, there's a horde of little kids. So it's a little twist. You get to have your cake and eat it too. You get a horde, and you get. A single slasher. So there's uh, some innovation here. And I didn't expect it to be like comedic, but it is. But it's not like jokes funny. It's just funny. (laughs) There's just like ridiculous stuff going on. The jokes come from the characters making jokes. Yeah. Or just being ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, they take it seriously. Like the the Dylan character. (laughs) Yes. Who was just kind of like over the top, you know? Right, right. And, and said Archetypal like things. bully. Yeah, it's funny because we've seen these movies and stuff right. before. And then stuff with little kids running around where it's like, I guess it could be scary, but it's mostly just funny and they know what they're doing. I think the tone of the comedy, like if you had to liken it to something, it would probably be something like Super Troopers, maybe. Sure. You know, like there was, a, I noticed there was a lot of uh, background comments. There was a few that, that reminded me of it. Like, um, I'm trying to think of the scene. Where they say somebody's name, and there's a, just in the background you hear, yeah, nobody likes you anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very Super one. Troopers. Yeah, it has that, like, uh, you know, adolescent kids being kind of dicks to each other. Yeah. <laughs> feeling, or, or co-workers kind of being dicks to each other. Yeah, yeah. And then the uh, the pizza guy, when he comes up, yeah. right. <laughs> sign on the top. 420. 420-6969. You know you're dealing with highbrow stuff. That's a number <laughs> yeah. for the pizza delivery place. Dylan, you like this one? Yeah, you know, I love camp movies, and, uh, you know, I like witches, and um, I love it when, like, listen, guys, I've said this once, I'll say it again, I love violence, <laughs> I love, like, like, I love watching people get set on fire, I love it when they get their head smashed in, there was a lot of that, oh, not a lot of that, there was some of that, um, you know, and I, I gotta say, um... I wasn't. Ex- I expected this to be all serious and like uh, going in like a bunch of pop up scares. Like all oh, the witches right behind me, isn't she? And then she's like, her face is right in the screen. You're like, God damn it, screams. But it was good. Um, I gotta say though, Dylan has a, had the better choice in girls out of the whole movie <laughs> oh, than anyone movie. else in the fucking film. Yeah, but but El Riz, El Riz. Uh, but I'm just saying, like. Uh, the two out of six girls, he was he picked the right ones. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I guess it was the 80s. I don't know. It's different. Yeah, he was pretty extreme, too. And I was really curious about their ages because there's the Dylan character, and they say he's... Pushing 30. How could he be that old? And then there's the guy that sets off this whole uh, chain of murders. Right. This is the only one that doesn't make any sense. That's actually the director-writer. The guy? Yeah, the, okay. guy, the first guy Danny. That throws yeah. the stone in the face. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Well, he looks like 40. Yeah, it's because, <laughs> I, I mean, like, 
you you could argue that he doesn't need to put himself in the film, but at least he killed himself first. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a camp. They're camp counselors, so it's yeah. not the same as like high school kids where you're blocked in with an age. It's yeah. a good gimmick, you know, like where you can be uh, any age you need to be technically in there. So it's like you start as a camper, and then like you dig it so much as time goes on. Once you're of legal age to be an employee, you start working for the camp, and then you can just keep rocking it. So. Plus, if it's a family business, you're more inclined to have longer retention of you know seasonal employees. I, I made that up. I don't know yeah. if that's true. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, it sort of seems, especially if they're out like in the middle of nowhere. Where were they? Connecticut? Yeah. Well, that's where they filmed. I think it may have taken place in Maine, but don't quote me on that. I thought they were, well, either way, middle of nowhere, probably a pretty small community or whatever. So I could see that. But yeah, I was very confused about their ages, though. Because some of the girls were apparently like 18, maybe yeah. 19. Yeah, one of them so. just had an 18th birthday. Yeah, it was kind of all over the place, cause, so I didn't really understand that. And I wasn't well, sure who I was supposed to think like of the kid. Sh- shocker that you know women wouldn't want to stay at that camp for more than one season with, the, <laughs> yeah. with the, that crew of guys. Yeah. You know, I was confused, like what I was supposed to be right. seeing. And how I'm supposed to react to how they are acting <laughs> as as humans. Maybe that's why it needed to be in the 80s so you don't have to be too, uh, like, for some reason, if something's set in the past, you're like, oh, it's whatever. It was different times. Yeah, it's different. Th- yeah, that guy <laughs> is hitting on that teenager. Well, you know. Yeah, good point. They, people yeah. didn't live as long back then. <laughs> I mean, I guess you ever see. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> About, like, a couple of years. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you got to get all the it, time it, it, you can. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, I was having a hard time locking in with um, how aggressive some of the people were acting. Right. Like, the uh, the youngest son felt like a Skeet Ulrich style, you know, like, from Scream, just, like, super over-emotive, and, and it, it that took away from the film in a way for me. Yeah. Um, I did like the Dylan character just being a total prick. That worked for me, but, yeah, like, I didn't feel like they were all kind of on the same page in terms of how they were. Yeah, very different acting styles yeah. all thrown in the same movie. Some people were cartoonish, mm. <laughs> fun kind of, and then other ones, it's like the the girlfriend, the redheaded girl, <laughs> is very like serious <laughs> yeah. know, throughout the movie, <laughs> and the mom and the dad, and, and then you have like the cackling witch, witch yeah, yeah. character. Classic model witch. <laughs> yeah, Cackle doesn't speak, all. just cackles. And then the kids being little kids that like eat people. Well, they got crazy. They got they, they got possessed just, by they, craziness. They scratch real hard. Yeah, and then sure I think they, they just rip them hard. apart. I don't think they eat them. No. I, think I guess they, just they rip. could rip with their mouths. Feral. Well, apparently they have very sharp nails because <laughs> yeah. they can scratch that dude's leg all like fucking gnarly. Yeah, I'm sure they could just rip into his stomach. That is oh, a really great that remind scene. me. I was I was sad. Okay. The only time I felt sad when somebody died was like when the headband guy got oh. killed. I like that guy, but the rest oh, of them, I was yeah. like, yeah, whatever. They can when die. Dylan kicks him. Yeah, this is a this is yeah, very much yeah. a uh, anyone can get it movie. You get a lot of these movies get pretty predictable when it's like, oh, this is the good one. This one keeps going, but it's like, no, nah, anyone can get it. Yeah, no <laughs> final is, girl. Yeah, if, I mean, there's people who live, but you know. It's not, you're not going to be able to call it just based on uh, the same cliches. I guess for me, I've just seen so many like bad versions of this. And I'm not talking about like the 80s movies, even. I'm talking about like 21st century, uh, you know, 80s retro, straight to DVD, straight to streaming, just 
absolute bottom of the barrel shot on an iPhone dog shit kind of versions of this movie that to see one that was a little bit gussied up but still wasn't like a mainstream movie by any stretch it was uh it was nice to see nice to see something in this i wouldn't even call it a middle ground but just like upper lower ground yeah. the the <laughs> crawling up from the underground like i said these people have done a handful of movies before and this just has an air of competency about it that's kind of nice to see in these movies as charming as the inept stuff is uh still nice to see a little bit of uh uh skill technique <laughs> etc yeah, let's let's be honest. They got both of us when they audibly shouted out the burning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get like both of us are like, yes. Yeah, no. This is like, <laughs> hey, you like this kind of movie? This is one of those movies. We're acknowledging it's, it. <laughs> we're telling you it's one of those kind of movies right now. <laughs> but I've seen a lot of those kind of movies, and um, th- this is uh, competent. That's my word for it. Yes, uh, we kind of recently got uh, the Fear Street trilogy. Of movies on Netflix, and there is one that's like from the late seventies, though. Right, where it's the same thing. It's a it's a slasher camp counselor deal. Or were those like really hard gore? Like were yeah, those? Yeah, yeah, those yeah. Were pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I I had a vague recollection of them being a little more YA, like kind of more of a Riverdale, but probably just confusing it with actual Riverdale, (laughs) 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 which is not that dissimilar in in all fairness. But I think the the Netflix ones, just because it's Netflix money, did have a little bit more gloss to them. But I liked it probably better than the Fear Sheet one because it's funny. Right. It's an enjoyable watch. It's funny to see a kid get kicked really far or, or you know right right you know? yeah there's just there's there's really great moments like that and um yeah weird choices in like uh which what kind of deaths are we gonna yeah. have here weird things that you wouldn't expect to see it's like oh yeah we hadn't seen that explode before there we go and it's blood even gets on the camera yeah <laughs> which right is that cool. kind of out of nowhere but Totally is fine and works. All right, you you you've brought me around. You convinced me. I'm adding. I'm adding. I'm going to say competent mm-hmm. and inventive. Mm-hmm. There we go. You got me. You got inventive? another. You got another superlative from me. <laughs> Would you have the same experience and reaction to it if it was direct to streaming, or do you think the theater added anything? I think it would kind of be the same as direct to streaming, mm-hmm. just for that Fear Street comparison. Honestly, I'm going to be dead ass with you, Brent. Probably never put it on. <laughs> Not like because you know I I'm scared, but more like I I wouldn't care. I'd just watch uh, the Sopranos or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same boat. I never I have the option of watching endless amounts of these kind of movies, and I never do. So I like these movies in theater probably because I don't pay too close of attention when it's like uh, just data on the screen, you know. Mm, okay. Um, so just. Paying attention to it and like giving it its proper due is part a byproduct of the theater experience. That uh, is a benefit, and um, it's unusual, I think, to see a movie like this in the theater. So yeah. just the context of it makes it a little bit more special, engaging, what have you. You know, when you're used to just watching action movies, romantic comedies, whatever, 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 especially after like Oscar season and stuff, yeah. it's fun to see like a proper slasher. In yeah. in theaters again, just contextually, it's it's a little different, you know. Yeah, I um, I think it would have been th- the same experience, but there, I, 
that's not to say I didn't enjoy it in movie theaters. I enjoyed it quite a, a bit. But uh, yeah, I think like overall the impact it had and the laughs, I think they're it'll be there. But you know, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with Colin in terms of yeah, it's great that these types of movies do run, right. even if it's for a short run, in in movie theaters in this weird dead season. This is probably one of those movies too where I, I think fans that like to see references to other horror movies would probably really dig this. That scene in the bus, you know, you got the cornfields, you got Children of the Corn, you got Dylan looks like David from the Lost Boys. Uh, obviously, Friday Thirteenth, The Burning. You know, it's it's, it's pretty nonstop. Like there's reference references throughout. But uh, yeah, to to the point of watching in the theater, I think because it's so familiar, that's just all the more reason to tune out if you're at home. You know, good point. But yeah. I, uh, you know, as I said, it's inventive. There's a, there are flourishes that are kind of unique to it. So you're there. There's a payoff to paying attention. And I, I don't recognize the actors. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure none of them know Jake Paul, right? Ooh, you know what? Whoa, 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 whoa! What? I'm pretty sure the 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 kid that summons the nurse witch <laughs> knows Logan Paul. Oh, he's I get in the, the he's in the, somehow. <laughs> I get it. Is that the annoying guy, uh, Logan Paul? No, I'm saying the the actor, the the guy that's like, hey, yeah, the guy that's like, that makes a lot of sense. We're gonna do this, the ritual. Come on, Angelica. What's the witch's name? Agatha. 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 Yeah, that makes sense to me. That guy. He's in. He's in like the thinning or whatever that Logan Paul movie is, or show. Unfamiliar. But I don't know like what he does in it. He's just in it. (laughs) He's Logang. Yeah, he's Logang. All right. Uh, Okay, I'm adding another superlative. This movie is uh, (laughs) competent. Mm-hmm. Inventive mm-hmm. and uh, uh, a Logang. Logang Mavericks? Or are they just yeah, yeah okay. I think it's Mavericks. Yeah, it's, ma- it's a Maverick. Yeah, he has that bird. Yeah, yeah. It has a Maverick quality to it. What the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> Real heads get it. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so, yeah, o- overall, are we uh, signing? Are we, are we going to go to camp? Are we going to go to summer camp? Or are we uh, staying home and playing uh, Nintendo because it's 1987? Uh, me, I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll, I'll go to camp. This was, uh, this was competent. This was inventive, and it was a, a, a maverick film, all, overall. No, it, it's fine. Don't lose sleep over it, but you know, a little fun genre exercise that isn't super tedious. And there's a few things you haven't seen before. Uh, yeah, you can't, can't be mad at it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, go to camp. I never went to camp. It doesn't seem like a fun thing to me, but I will watch a movie about camps. And stay for the credits. Kind of a cool little uh, way to do them. Yeah. I liked it. I, I did go to camp, and I got kicked out of the Boy Scouts for staging an insurrection. But in terms of this movie, I would uh, I would take a cassette tape that says Injustice for All in it since it's 1987. I would stick it in a Walkman. I would turn the bass all the way down even more. And then I would go to camp, and yeah. I would just play that Why tape not? over and over. It would be great. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Injustice for All comes at 89. 87, I went to the tour, bro. Sure, that's not Master of Puppets? No, that's 80. 85. Yeah. But then doesn't, anyway. They took four years <laughs> off? Metallica took four years off? No. Yeah, because they were like, we had to get this new Arizona men. But Black Album's at 90, right? Or Black Album's 91? Black Album's 91, I'll buy that. Well. 88. <laughs> Is injustice. Oh, You're wrong. Well, I got I got the advanced promo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, you guys are on the edge of your seat to hear my review right now. I'll be in the camp, and uh, I'll be set on fire, and 
one of the last words while I'm on fire would be Dennis. Because <laughs> he screams Dennis, like Dennis the Menace at the Dennis kid. That was cool. Was <laughs> I in the theater when that happened? I don't remember yeah, when, that at the, all. When Dylan gets set on fire, he screams Dennis, and he's on fire. <laughs> I have a theory. Oh, yeah, because I have a theory. Was good. When a character it shares a name with you, you pay more attention to what that character does on screen. Not uh, really, but yeah. like, I, was I, don't more, I was more upset that the guy's name was Dylan, and that was the, that I was could the tell. guy. It was so funny. But I just liked how he screams Dennis on fire he's like, like that. I'm going to catch you while he's on fire. Yeah. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What an absurd scene. I know. I like Yeah, it. he doesn't even die from being on fire. And then, no. <laughs> then he touches that girl's like chest and he's like, ha, 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 And then she kills him. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, there are some good punk-ass little kids in this movie. I think that's the cure because the problem with kid actors usually is they're a little too... Yeah. Say what do you mean? mean? Yeah. <laughs> Make them act like dickheads, and then it's fine. <laughs> Even if they're not doing it uh, uh, great, you gave them good material. To yeah, work give with. the kid with crutches some naughty words to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it works out. Yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it up here. I gave an order earlier, but I, we're, we're on the horror camp. We're on the horror train. We're going to keep going with Consecration, Ooh. directed by uh, Christopher Smith, a British director. Stars Jenna Malone. And it is a tough to figure out what it's about exactly. Uh, a a you know, old Jenna who's uh, probably not doesn't like being called old Jenna. Uh, is there she, only one person in this movie? Yeah, no, that's it. No. Oh. <laughs> she goes. She, her brother dies of mysterious causes. She goes to investigate the death, and in uh, doing so, she he dies uh, while he was investigating a, a coven. No, wait. What do they call him? Coven. He's a priest. <laughs> okay. You know what? Just see you take it. I my my synopsis is gonna be oh well dog shit. There's a um a non-religious optometrist. <laughs> Secular opto- optometrist. Her brother is a priest and he has died. So she goes to um, learn about the death and deal with his affairs. Um, they said it was a murder suicide, and she's like, No way. So she uncovers some weird goings on at the um he, was but he was there. Oh, he was just investigating a relic that was supposed to be at that church and then died under mysterious circumstances. So then she goes to investigate and there's weird stuff going on. She's seeing things. Creepy nun movie. Kind of. They're not that creepy. No. They're just nuns. It was uh yeah, very very paced. Mm-hmm. Very atmospheric. Mm-hmm. It's I, in it's in Scotland. So I I like a good. I mean, hey, we saw this in uh, Banshees of Inisherin, which is also you know just big old roaming, soggy, United Kingdom countrysides, <laughs> mossy green, murky yes. stuff. Yes. It's uh, it, this is a very atmospheric film, very visually very nice to look at. I don't think there was a single shot that was bad looking. Yeah, all their yeah. color correction efforts. Yeah, paid off. I'd say. Um, kind of a convoluted plot. Absolutely convoluted. That should be the name of it, convoluted. <laughs> I'm, I felt, I'm glad you guys kind of had this issue with it, because I felt a little dumb, too, after watching it. I was like, all right, so she was the person Yeah, so in you her don't past. think it's going to be convoluted. You can definitely follow along. It starts, until yeah. Until the end. Been here for a while. <laughs> yeah, I am, um, yeah, I, I was in the same boat as Colin, and I think both, yeah, both of us were stumbling through the parking lot going, 
are we just really dumb <laughs> or was that really messy? I mean, it could be both, but so, yeah, but I mean, but so yeah, I looked online, which is always, you know, right. the way you solve these issues and everybody had the same reaction. Okay. It's a very low rated movie and people are like, yeah, this is a mess. This doesn't know what it's doing on and on and on. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a total waste of time. It's just, oh. um, like I said, I, I really liked the atmosphere, really liked the pacing, really liked the look of it, like the feel of it. I, mm-hmm. I felt like I was inside the uh, convent with the, nuns that there's probably some kind of person that like the way people are like i'm creeped out by clowns you know clowns are creepy to me there's probably someone who's like i'm afraid of nuns and they see nun stuff and they go ah so they keep making these movies yeah Yeah. so if you're one of those kind of people and you like being seeing the thing you're afraid of this is gonna really get you because man there are nuns there are several nuns. There's all kinds of nuns. Yeah, and it doesn't. It's not too cheap, and it's like horror. You know, they're not like the. I have, I'm having a harder time as I watch more movies, particularly horror movies that rely heavily on like visions and like dream sequences yes. and stuff. It's cheating <laughs> because it's like you that's where this movie started falling apart. Is when you started, you know, things were happening. Be like, this is probably a dream. Then it was, but then there'd be a dream within a dream, right? But then it wouldn't be a dream, and then you know you'd loop around and you could meet yourself. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's a bizarre way of doing it, and it it kind of got lost. Probably, what did you say? Halfway through, three quarters of the way through, somewhere in there. Really, just like the, the it was like eighty twenty, yeah, the, yeah. The twenty percent at the end, you're like, wait, what? Why? Didn't yeah, need to be weird at the end. Yeah, that's why it was so strange because it's a very on rails kind of mm-hmm. story. Yeah, it's perfectly fine. And I, you know, to you know, to talk about the positive aspects, last night I likened it to the Smurfs in the sense of they distinguish the nuns enough that right. you know, like you know, because a lot of these nun movies, they're very. Yeah, yeah. You know, like facial blindness. Almost. You're like, well, I don't know which nun that is. This, you definitely know which nun is which. Because you know, they give them different features. They give them different uh, ailments, perhaps. Yeah. Um, injuries. Um, I, I thought all the acting was good. Like, right. really good. Um, Danny Houston, the the lead, the, or rather the, the co-star that played uh, the pastor, the father. I don't know. I'm not good at religion. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, th- I thought his performance was excellent. Obviously, Jenna Malone, you know, she's she's very, very good. Um, you know, we talked about in the last movie, there was inconsistencies with performances. Everybody seemed consistent on the same page. That was really good. Even, you know, like the directing and the writing up to a point I felt was good. Uh, I felt what happened is on the directing end, although there's a lot of talent, you feel it just hit the ceiling. You know, like there was a limit to where that, what that director can do and Obviously, in the writing, yeah, you, you hit a ceiling because it, it, it got really convoluted at the end. But yeah, like, not a good movie, but not because of the performances or the cinematography or anything like that, you know? Yeah. Even a redeemable movie, I would say, if you're down for just something kind of boring and, like, paced and atmospheric. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind it overall. Justina, I feel like you're the master of these kind of movies, <laughs> whereas uh, they're a little too dull for uh uh the likes of us dum-dums i feel like you watch a lot you watch a lot of these i guess yeah how does this pair to uh what you normally see um really weirdly like i said like it starts very on the rails until the end um there's you know yeah a lady who doesn't belong she's there she doesn't have her phone they put her in weird clothes you know and she's very in a in an unfamiliar place there's 
somebody writing in a like in a secret language kind of uh they find a notebook with all these scary symbols and there's big books right know? right so it, it hits all the uh the key points and then brings in a weird twist which is unknown we still don't even know what is the twist the twist is that she she somehow exists in all times at the same time yeah including with herself it's so confused she's been like seeing things throughout the movie but what she's actually seeing are premonitions she'll see like something out of the corner of her eye and then later on you find out that was her out of the corner of her eye eye when she was looking back or she'll have flashbacks to events in her life where some supernatural thing happened and these are forgotten memories but she's now remembering and she's seeing the supernatural stuff and ultimately, the the nuns are convinced that she is a, an evil born person. So it's, I guess, the burden of the viewer is like, well, is this an evil person? Are the nuns right, or is there, are they, you know, just crazy religious fanatics? And they kind of give you enough evidence of both sides to where it's kind of amb- ambiguous. But these visions that she has in her past that have this supernatural stuff happening. She is the one causing the supernatural stuff. Like she's her own guardian angel almost. Yeah, yeah that's what it kind of uh, ends after up After kind being. of alluding that she has a force field, it's revealed that the force field is actually her, but invisible to herself. Yeah, from the past. Fuck weird. Yeah, but, it, <laughs> yeah. but it's happening now, but it's also the past. It's yeah. really weird. And it's a cool thing if you're like your own guardian angel. If you think about it like a... Like you have more power than you think you do and sure. can make things happen. When people try to hurt her and then and then they end up hurting themselves, so oh, she had she just has powers. Whatever. Yeah. You know? Right. It would have been totally fine saying uh she's a relic. It has a lot of power. She doesn't even know how much power she has because she can like Apparently, she brought her dad back from the dead. Yeah. It's like, okay, so she commands dark forces in some way. But she kind of forgot it, but then remembered it and then forgot it. It would make a lot of sense if it's like, yeah, she's just, she she can do things. She has demons on her side. So why does it need to be herself, though? <laughs> I have a theory. Have you guys ever seen the movie Jumper? Oh, uh, I think the Skywalker of, movie. I'm thinking of Looper. Where Looper. Back yeah, yeah, in time. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Jumper is the Anakin Skywalker movie. Okay. So one of the per, you know, movies, but I think it's, yeah, Looper, where you can kind of like go back and speed ahead and, you know, like catch yourself. Maybe that can explain, but no, that that wasn't ever set up at any point. Well, they were saying she was a fallen angel. At some point they say that. All right. Well, I'm not really sure uh, what angel universe you're working with here. But um, is it one of these things where it's like, well, they also exist outside of time. So could she really have been doing all that stuff because she doesn't, you know, she doesn't stick to the human uh, flow of time. Anyway, either way, it would have been great if it was just like she didn't know that she was Hellspawn or whatever. And so demons protect her. And that's why they didn't want her around or alive they bring her to the church and they're like we're gonna reconsecrate this ground so just get on in this little (laughs) in this little box and she goes down the stairs and um they're gonna pull a slab over the (laughs) opening that she's uh walked down and but then she starts remembering that they tried to put her in a box before i I thought they were gonna make her an anchoress which would have been really cool and they live in the walls and they just stay there and 
pray and contemplate and stuff. But no, they were going to lure her in and then close her into the, the cell. More like a castle freak situation. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. And she's Shout like, out to my full moon Shout heads. out castle freak. <laughs> she's like, this was your plan was right. to put me in a box? Like she just calls them out on how stupid of a plan that would have yeah. been. Anyway, I don't know. That was a cool part. I liked all the nun stuff. They're cool. Scotland, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Nuns flying off yeah. of the ruins of a church. Yeah. All the, cool. all the, oh, you're talking about that CG thing where they just yeah, like fell it. at an <laughs> odd rate? Yeah, I think a lot of the, all the imagery, actually, there's some pretty powerful uh, stuff. Uh, so yeah, some good good visuals all around. My my uh my friend Dylan had to work when we we caught this movie last night, so I was so sad that he couldn't be there for this really powerful moment. There was a point in the movie where um they started talking about you know different angels and stuff, and they shouted out Michael, and I was like, oh hell yeah, the evil conspiracy again. We watched these things in such quick succession. I was like, oh my god, he's gonna come out. Which one's it gonna be? Is it gonna be the one from you know like the the blue vision in the film, or is it gonna be like the the white guy? You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is really funny how different those movies are. Oh, so yeah. It's like, like, okay, recently, in the past, let's say two months, how many angel movies have you seen? Well, a couple. <laughs> Angels in the outfield. <laughs> all dogs go to heaven. Yeah. The naked one, gun where Reggie Jackson is place for the angels. One of which has a literal elevator to hell and yeah. a, uh, a doom type uh, gar- <laughs> demon guarding it. The other uh, is just an optometrist yeah. who wants to find the truth. At no point do we see a demon or a devil. No. It was no. Just, they just called her one. Yeah. So uh, for, for overall, for consecration, are we uh, are we converting to Catholicism, or are we going to keep leading a, a heathen secular life? Me, I'm uh, going to be real with you guys. I'm agnostic. I'm going to just uh, think this this is like streaming somewhere. You can watch it. You don't even really have to pay attention to it, frankly, because I don't <laughs> think it matters. Pick up on some cool visuals here or there. It's like kind of watching an old Hammer horror movie or something. You know, you just pick up some uh, little bits and pieces as you're uh, vaguely paying attention to it and uh, go with it from there. But yeah, definitely you don't need to rush out to the theater for this one. And uh, hey, you know what? There's a lot lot of movies out there to watch. You don't even have to watch it streaming when it gets there. This is not essential. This is a not essential movie, which does not sound like a endorsement of it. And it kind of isn't. That's why this is is, is an agnostic review. Yeah, I like these kind of movies, generally speaking. Gotta be honest, this one's kind of boring, though. There's not really that much that's new to see. There is always a quirky nun character in these. uh, And the quirky nun in this one is, she's quirky, you know? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, well, you can watch it or you can not watch it. You probably have seen it. If you haven't watched it, but you watch these movies, you've probably already seen it before. (laughs) Patreons, uh, patrons... Tune in for our uh, power ranking of Quirky Nuns. Uh, we're going to be going <laughs> F tier to S tier on the Quirky Nun rating. Get it all squared away. If you're listening to this and you enjoyed the film, we encourage you to join the conversation and email moviemasters760 <laughs> at gmail.com. Let us know wh- why and how this movie moved you. We are open. We are, as Colin pointed out, we are agnostic. We are ready to believe. Me personally, I'm a heathen going to hell. Put me in that damn uh, crypt, seal it up. I'm going to turn into Castle Freak. You know what I mean? I'm fine. Dylan, you didn't see the movie. Did you like it? 
Yeah, I liked it. Um, <laughs> I thought it was shot well and well acted. Uh, if I had to give the rating of whatever you're saying, like what religion we are, right? That's what you said? Yeah, yeah. I'd be a Satanist. Okay. I think that means you didn't like the movie by our... Uh, I thought you Satanist is good in the in terms no, of what that the, movie... Uh, converting to Catholicism is good. Oh, but I, from the movie that you guys just explained to me, I guess... I'm a Satanist. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Justine. Yeah. Some people, some people might accuse you of being boring for all these uh, boring films you watch, but you're actually a master of comedy. Because as we were all set to watch Magic Mike Three, Magic Mike's Last Dance, Justine decided to make me go alone so that it was a true boys' night out. <laughs> Uh, magic, uh, magic Mike the Last Dance, aka Magic Mike Three the Last Dance, aka Magic Mike the Last Tease. Yeah, the Last Dance, the uh, Last Tease, the Last Dance. This is the third movie in the Magic Mike trilogy. I'm not believing for a second it's the last. Um, Dylan, you saw Magic Mike Two. Uh, I saw Magic Mike Double XL before Three. I never saw one. Okay, <laughs> until recently. But yeah, we'll get into like, that. Yes, in a bit. Brent, how versed were you in the Magic Mike verse? I know women be liking those movies. That's okay. all I know. Yeah. yeah. So my idea of what a Magic Mike movie would be is kind of like, I don't know, I guess sort of the way a musical is like some story going on in the background, but it's bursts of songs in between, and you're really kind of there for the song, and whatever plot is going on is something really light and in the background, yeah. and it goes along smoothly, and like song, song, song. That's what a musical is, right? You know, uh, or a like softcore porno. You know, like if it's a the steamy, sexy detective, and he's gonna like be solving a crime, and there's gonna be like steamy, sexy love scenes in the middle. I thought it would be like that, but except for steamy, sexy love scenes or musicals, it's just gonna be like shirtless guys wiggling their penis at you, and that's kind of what I was like in what I hoping thought, for. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of what I was like. Okay, this yeah. is what this is because I've never seen these movies before. These are weird fucking movies, is what I've learned. It is not like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. From your mind. You and Dylan have seen all three now? Now I have, because yeah, I watched okay. this movie, and I was so thrown off by how fucking strange it was. And I don't mean, I'm not saying bad. I'm not saying, uh, like... Amazing. Yeah, just odd. Just odd choices throughout this film. The, the, the bare bones is uh, our hero, Mr. Mr. Mike, he is off of the dancing circuit. He is no longer dancing. He's a bartender at a place in Florida. And Salma Hayek, she is at this place in Florida, and she has heard that he is a dancer man. And she's like, I want to have a sexy dance from you. And he's like, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> and she's like, uh, how much does it cost? And this is so insane. He's like, $60,000. And she's like, no, I'm not going to give you $60,000. $6,000 is what I'll give you. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and so he does a quote-unquote dance for her privately, which is... Just dry humping. She he dry humps the shit out of her, like chafes his shit up. Uh, but this has a profound effect on her. She's going through a divorce. She needed this sexy dance to sort of like you know unwind. Uh, she's rediscovered her womanhood. She rediscovered uh, you know well, sex. Yeah, just her her power as a as a queen. And she's like, you know what? I'm taking you, Magic Mike, to England with me, where I'm from, and I'm not going to tell you why. <laughs> this is a fucking weird movie. Uh, just, just go with it. And he's like, "All right, fine." And he goes with her uh, to England, and 
here, after he is there, after he has spent the night in her house. By the way, they have not had sex at this point. Canonically in the film, he has dry humped the shit out of her. And like dry ate her out. Yeah, like head, crotch, head, crotch. Yeah. Nuts, rubbing on her face, all of this. And then it cuts. So that's like the sexy dancing. What are they? What song are they dancing to? I don't know. It's some random song. Right. Some random song that they're dancing to. And then the song ends. Wait, and, she's dancing to? Well, no, she's being she's, grinded on. Oh, yeah, she's, she's being dancing. danced to. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, and then it cuts to them in bed together. And he's like holding her. Like so they're spooning. You it know? does look post-coital. It, by all, every, yeah, every measure. idea of logic in your brain would say, oh, they just had sex because they did this. They, he, he just grinded on her for so long. And then it cuts. And then they're in bed under covers, which they were not in before because they were not dancing in the bedroom. They were in the living room. Now they're in the bedroom. But somehow in all, in all this and after the flight and after staying the night in her house, they have not had sex and possibly not kissed. It's fucking weird. He, oh, by the way, and after the dance, he's like, I'm not going to charge you for the dance. I was just fucking with you or whatever. I'll get into why those numbers are really strange to me later. But she's like, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you $60,000 for a month uh, and just go with whatever I, I, I tell you to do out there. Not sex or anything. Just, you know, I have a job opportunity. He's like, okay. As a result of the divorce, like she owns this theater and there's a play, like a legacy play. I forget what they called it, what the name of the play was, but it's like, you know, imagine like a Jane Austen play. Which is crazy because they flash the name behind a million times. It's like one of those names like Inventing Anna or like, you know. It's like Rejuvenation. I don't know. Anyways, um, and she's like, we're going to do it something different. I want every woman to feel what I felt that night when you did a magic (laughs) dance for me. But uh, And he's like, well, I'm not going to dance. She goes, well, you don't need to dance, but you need to be my director of the dance. So she turns this like play into a male <laughs> dancing review. And it's like a little bit like the, the play has something to do with it, but it's also just a, a sexy dance routine thing for ladies. It's complicated. Do they talk about what the play is about? Yeah. The play itself is like a, it's like a, a period piece. Yeah. Where yeah. like a lady is has to choose between two suitors and oh, her. Twilight. Yeah, but but without the vampires or uh, werewolves, uh, so and they're very aware of this. Like this is a very sexist, outdated piece that we're working with. We need to make it sexy and for women and empowering. And the actress lady is like, "Thank you. I'm so glad you're saying that because I want to be involved in this sexy male dancer thing." They're like, "Okay, you'll be the lady that's being dry humped for most of it." <laughs> This is fucked up. Anyways, the guy who, the husband of the lady who she's going through a divorce with is like fucking with the lady, like sending, um, what's the word, like bureaucrat people from the city to come down and say, you can't build a sexy male dancer stage. You can't have this. You can't have that. At one point, they're like, the stage is three quarters of an inch high. We're shutting you down. Mm-hmm. A lot of that kind of stuff. And all this time, there's like a quasi-romantic thing with Selma Hayek and uh, Channing Tatum. She's like, oh, by the way, Magic Mike is Channing Tatum, if you didn't know. he's a, He is the hunk of it. Because uh, she's like, wants to be with him. She has a daughter. And here's where it gets really fucking weird, like an adopted daughter. The daughter is writing a novel about those two who have just met. And she's narrating the movie. Yeah, so no. there's a play <laughs> happening and then there's also a novel being written. It, there's a lot happening in this movie. Again, 
you're expecting something really light. And even, you know, as I'm describing it, this isn't like the craziest far off plot or anything. They eventually get, figure out what they're doing with the play. And it ends with, uh, you know, a big sexy man dancing play. And everyone is so excited. And you could tell they're excited because they're like, yeah, we love this. <laughs> everyone is so stoked. Everyone who went to see this uh, period piece play <laughs> and instead got sexy man dancing and penis wiggling was fucking juiced. But the play had to happen on the down low, invite only through Evite because of the city and the bureaucrats and the husband. Right. And it was a one night only presentation. Yeah. And the the lady, she's like, women want everything, don't we, ladies? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, we can have it. Like, this is a bad message you're putting across. I mean, yes, you could have gone to one of these establishments at any time. Um, Turns out there are strip clubs that feature men. Yeah, yeah. you can go. So uh, anyways, uh, what stuck out to me as being particularly strange about this film is like, it's real loose feeling, like in terms of the dialogue and stuff. It seems like there are long stretches that are uh, like improvised. What's the what, cinema verite? That's kind of what they called it when you were just kind of like film they they life yeah. happening. <laughs> you know, it has a very cinema verite feel. Um, the director, Steven Soderbergh, he does like the Ocean's Eleven movies and shit. Like, he he just knows how to write regular movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He chooses not to make it really regular and like beat by beat dialogue driven in the Magic Mike verse for some reason. And again, this only sticks out because it is in such stark contrast tonally to what I was kind of uh, expecting from these films. Uh, fellas, my fellow boys from my boys' night out venture. So, so, so. Am I crazy for thinking that this is like just tonally way off from what I was expecting? Honestly, as a man that's only seen the second one prior to this, uh, I understood, like, where you're coming from. Because, like, again, the promos at those times, even now, it's all about the dancing and the right. men. Right. And you're like, yeah, this is going to just be, like, fucking dudes shirtless and, like, rubbing against each other or, uh, on women right. dancing. That's what you <laughs> expect. In the third one... The plot is so, like, weird. The fact that they took him out of Florida, forced him in, like, gloomy gray London, and, like, and he has to write a, direct a play, and he's just a dancer. Like, he is just, like, a male dancer. And why is there a play instead of just doing a, hey, just do a male strip club, please. You know about male stripping? Do a male strip club. They're like, one night only, a play. We're going to convert this into something else. And it's like for for Salma Hayek's character, like for a woman to just be like, fuck you to the husband she's like divorcing to, you know? Like, hey, I'm going to fuck this play up that you've been throwing at your theater. And I'm going to make this guy that I think is hot. Like, just have another, like, a bunch of hot dudes dance. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be in it, by the way. He's just going to get other hot dudes. But he is in it, sort of. Yeah, spoiler, he, spoiler. Spoiler. He, spoiler. He, does, he does his last dance. In the beginning, you think he does his last dance because Salma Hayek literally goes, did I just experience Magic Mike's last dance? And I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, the credits could have just rolled, and I would have been super... I would have been happy in terms of like that would have been the best fucking movie like twist ever. It's, it's, a, dry, it's a it's a twelve minute movie. It's dry hump title credits. <laughs> <laughs> I was like hell yeah, um, but I know what you mean. Like again, all those movies and especially after watching one, like immediately after three, you would expect just men like dancing on each other, right? But it's you know not what? not so much that as much as like there's an actual plot 
and there's dancing around it. <laughs> I think uh, I now know exactly what I was expecting, which is like a step it up or like a dance uh, competition. competition kind of. Oh, okay. Because those run very like YA melodrama level plot is happening in the background, but huge dance sequences, dance sequences, dance sequences. Like we are giving you what you came here for. You're here for dancing. You're not going to scrutinize the plot or acting like that is background. Here's the big stuff. But again, it is just very tonally not like that. Well, I didn't see the movie. I remember the phenomenon surrounding the first movie and I remember the people that were praising it. Like bridal shower. Kind yeah. Of like... Yeah. So because I had that frame of reference, I didn't go into it expecting uh, maybe what you were per se. I didn't expect it to be like a step it up. I knew that it would be structured more like a pop song where it's just like big chorus, but then the verses don't matter. You know what I mean? Right, it's just kind of right. like throw away whatever. So I saw the plot as verse. You know, just, just throw away nonsense that really didn't matter as long as you had like those big pieces where it's just like, oh, look, it's a, it's a half-naked guy gyrating. I assume that's why people go see that, just to see the, the gyrating, right? But if you were there for the gyrating, I feel like there's not enough gyrating. No, there wasn't. You're saying they're cheated. Uh, yeah, I, w- I mean, yeah. if that was all I was... I, it's surprising that these films work as well as they do for people because yeah. they're not really giving you as much uh, penis wiggling as, say, a Step It Up is... Uh, step Up. Step Up is... Uh, step It Up is the cheerleading one? That's Bring It On. Ah, uh, You're just adding... I know, bit. I'm getting a lot of things confused. <laughs> or, like, 8 Mile does, like, rap battle. There's more mm-hmm. like rap battling in eight mile which is a rap battle movie then there is penis wiggling in magic mike which is supposedly as it is marketed a penis wiggling movie it doesn't feel uh particularly penis wiggly it's and uh from a technical perspective again there's like long stretches with like no score and like (laughs) just again improv dialogue and i'm not saying that like it's a bad thing because the dialogue it's not like aimless it's just has like a naturalistic feel to it uh which you don't really see in a lot of these kind of movies mm-hmm. usually the dialogue is very like guys we got to get ready for the big match like you expect to see that hear that kind of dialogue but instead of just like so uh what do you what do you do what's your what's your deal you know what i do guys you know like you just, know what I'll, I'll tell you what would have whipped this goddamn thing into shape Colonel Tom Parker. If, if there was a t- Colonel Tom Parker, like older gentleman, kind of guiding the narrative and maybe giving guidance to some of the characters, this thing would have had all the penis wiggling in the world and everybody would be happy. I don't hate it for not uh, being what I expected it to be. I kind of appreciate how fucking odd it is. And I don't know if I'm properly conveying why it's weird to me, but it does have a very weird feel and I appreciate it being very weird. Uh, so much so that I had to watch the other two like immediately after. You're nuts. I, I yeah. That's, that's I had the opposite reaction. I was like, I don't need to see the other two. I it, I just needed to know if this was like a crazy, <laughs> uh, like divergence from the franchise up until this point. They're like fuck you these to, movies. You needed to watch two to con- to confirm it. Well, that's no, great. I kind of like. I, I I felt the same way. Like, is this like the like. You know what? Fuck it. We don't even care anymore. It's just kind of like funny. Yeah. Because it was funny. It was like yeah. weird, like jokes were good, you know? And then like watching one, it's like, <laughs> it's not what you expect either. Yeah. So one, you kind of follow this character called the kid who is like a young guy who works on the construction site with Magic Mike, a.k.a. Channing Tatum. And 
you, the viewer, you're connecting with the kid because he's the outsider in this world. Channing Tatum's bringing him into this world of male strippers in Florida. And like, there's kind of a romantic interest between Channing Tatum and the, uh, the kid's sister. And there's kind of some subplots like drug dealing and the stripping stuff gone awry. But it's still, I wouldn't say especially like titillating. You know, it's not like there's that much of an emphasis on the sexy dancing. And that being the first movie, the one that launched all this, it's very odd to me that this had that cultural impact to where people are like, yes, more of this. Because <laughs> it wasn't, or, or like, what was that? Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Where it was like, oh, yeah. Sexy stuff is happening on screen. And I, I haven't seen those movies, but I assume there was sexy stuff happening on screen. But like, Magic Mike 1 is not that sexy. Uh, Dylan, how did you feel about Magic Mike 1? I think you had a clearer assess, a more of a clear assessment than me on it. <laughs> um, so in Magic Mike 1, I get why. I get why women would like it because you see like Matthew McConaughey's butt and you see other guys' butts and like their abs, you know, they're all fucking shredded. Like I get that. But you in the movie that's like about two hours long, you might get 10 minutes of that total of all of that while the other like 110 minutes are like drug (laughs) plot, sister plot, uh, I want to start my own business plot, other things that are not dancing. Doesn't resolve I, in like a very clear way. And I said, I said to Colin, I said to everyone, actually, I was like, this is very like Spring Breakers, where it's like, uh, you, it's funny, you hear Disney stars are like in bikinis and they're doing drugs in a movie. Oh, like, that's crazy. That's funny. But then you, when you actually watch it, like, what the fuck is happening in this movie? <laughs> Why are they like in the James Franco gang? And like, what, what the fuck is happening? Why is there like 12 minutes of like screen time that's just, a dialogue that feels like it's improvised and there's no music in the background. Yeah, exactly. And then when it does cut to music, it's really weirdly mixed. And it's like, like, it's supposed to make you sound like you're in the, in the club as they're dancing. And then sometimes they'll cut to the actual music just being like the only mix you hear. So it sounds good. So there's diegetic means that the characters in the movie are hearing it, right? It switches between the two at breakneck pace, yeah. and it's not really clear. <laughs> yeah, there'll be like a song where there's dancing and there's crowd noise. It'll cut to like more of a montage thing where you're not, there's not crowd noise, no warning, and then huge stretches will go by without score. It's, it's weird. It is a, like a weird, quiet, artsy indie movie that somehow got the reputation as like fun time, ladies' night out. Uh, let's look, let's oogle these boys kind of movies but it's just odd is all and that brings us to the second movie which is kind of the same i think has a lot of the similar elements the second one is not directed by steven soderbergh but it is uh writ- they're all written by the same person i'm so deep into this they're written by this uh by reed Carden. you know what else he wrote he wrote dog Oh, the other Channing Tatum movie? Yeah, so he likes it. Channing Tatum likes this guy. The homie. He writes all of his movies. <laughs> there was our Magic Mike reality TV show. The Magic Mike's universe is bonkers. Anyways. Gregory Jacobs directing too? Uh, yeah, different different director. Mm-hmm. So Steven Soderbergh starts it, then returns leaves, to it. and comes back, but is written consistently by the same person. And the second one, it's a little bit more... Uh, plot driven because they're they're trying to get to a 
a convention, like a stripper convention. In Myrtle and, Beach. And on the way. That sounds awesome. It's like a road trip kind of thing. So like hijinks ensue as it goes along. Yeah. And there's some silly things that happen. But again, it's just the tone of it. It's the pacing. It's the way it's shot. It's the things they choose to give attention to and the things they don't give attention to. It's all just very weird. It's much more weird than it should be for a sexy penis wiggling movie. That's all I'm saying here, everyone. Does two have like a weird audio mix too? Yes. Yeah, they all have. What that. the fuck? Yeah, because that's the thing I, that caught me about the only one I've seen, which is the newest one. Is I was like, I would expect it to be bass heavy because that all dancing movies right. are bass heavy, but it's almost like they cut those frequencies out. It's yeah, no, it's like it's supposed to make you feel like you're there, <laughs> right? Like you're in the club for some reason. Yeah, you like, are in a club with a shitty sound oh, system man. yeah <laughs> and like the second one and people i know we're talking about the last dance three don't get us twisted we're just uh, this we're is just a big fans now general issue magic mike we're, deep dive. Doing, we're doing pretty much a quick summary of the trilogy yes yeah, soon hopefully soon to be a quadrilogy if you're here to watch the third one if you like the second one there's not that much uh camaraderie with the boys no there's no boys whatsoever i they mean make they, they, they show appearance. up for like two minutes on a Zoom call, but they're not there. It's just Channing Tatum and Salma Hayek acting off each other with other people around them. <laughs> but anyway, two is more what you would expect since they're dancing randomly. There's a lot more dancing, but there's still a lot of this Plot. kind of weird dialogue and just like strange stretches of just kind of improv. Yeah. Remember in two when Genuine the uh, pony starts playing and then Channing Tatum just starts dancing? Yeah. And no one's there. It's like that's for us to watch. He's just triumphing <laughs> the air. And then uh his OG, workshop where he then, just... and then OG Flash Thompson takes drugs or Molly and then like uh starts stripping at the gas station to the girl and everyone's like like that scene was weird because like Bro, the, dude, okay. Because there's actual stripping happening. Like he's like dancing, and the whole they're, the boys are just watching through a window, like cheering him on. <laughs> Hold on, I need to. <laughs> I need to give. I'm going to give this scene more context. I'm going to let you rock. Yes, but go pull, ahead. They pull up to a uh, gas station, and this one guy is kind of doubting himself and his abilities. And they're like, "No, man, you can make these women smile. You make bring joy to their life. See that girl in there? This girl is like one lady working at the uh, gas station. They're like." Your challenge is you go in there. If you can make her smile, then you know that you have this ability. And they're like, oh, she looks like she's never smiled once in her life. She looks real dour, right? G give him the rest, Dylan. Then he goes in there. They're all Molly, mind you. All of them? Yeah. I think they all took one. And so he's in there. And he starts, like, dancing. She's not even looking at him. She's, like, on her phone at first. And, like, mind you, prior to this, she, the, uh, the guy's talking about how Backstreet Boys was, like, really good. And then, like, a Bastry boy starts playing, thus why he starts dancing to the song. He's, like, dancing, taking his shirt off, and then he, like, rips open a bag of Cheetos, dumps it on the ground, like, throws it at her, I think. Like, the bag. And she's just watching, not even smiling yet. Yeah, like, as if it's one of those confetti guns where you pop it and, like, okay. stuff yeah, goes but it's everywhere. Cheetos. But it's Cheetos. Cheetos. And then he, he's still dancing, like, shirt off, goes to the fridge with the water, takes the water out. Just dumps it all oh over himself. So he's making a mess in yeah. this like convenience store, and then like uh, he's still Lady dead silent. Just yeah, just looking pan. at him. As would I be? And no, like, you'd be screaming at the guy. What the fuck are you doing? No, you get the look, fuck out of here. You just told me that some grown man on drugs came into my gas station yeah. and started spilling stuff. And Probably like, like the fifth <laughs> weirdest thing you saw that day. If you worked at it, it is in Florida. You know? Yeah, so like she's just watching him, and he's like making a mess. He's dry humping. He's just humping the floor. There's nothing there. He's singing <laughs> along to that Backstreet Boy song, and like 
the all the guys, Kevin Nash, Channing Tatum, Gabriel Iglesias, the other two dudes, are watching from outside, like cheering him on, like, <laughs> yes, you got this, Richie. Come on, Richie. Like, Gabriel Iglesias' face is, like, on the glass like, as he's, like, watching all of this. And, like, uh, he's like, how much for the Cheetos in the water? And then she smiles. And then, like, boys from outside just start cheering, yes, yeah. If you're going to him eating Cheetos in the van, like, they're back. Did <laughs> like, he clean it up? Cut. We don't Cut. know. We don't know Cut. if they ever cleaned up the mess. He just, like, made a mess for this poor lady. These time skips forward in the film are part of the thing that just make it so strange and yeah. surreal, kind of. How old is this lady that's working? She looks to at least been like either mid 20s to like mid 30s. It's a weird, it's not like an old ass lady. She's just on the phone. Yeah. You could have just come in and be like, I like your your hair. Uh, The boys, when we went out, we we took in this movie straight. No intoxicants, no drugs, nothing. Perhaps the pacing is strange and weird because you are supposed to be. Wasted. Fucked up in order to watch them. Yeah, and that's like all of these weird quirks are just going to like kind of blast by you and then boom, penis wiggle. Yeah, they're just mailing in all the parts, you know, that aren't penis wiggling and then you go crazy. When I right. mean, I kind of, yeah, I kind of want to want to see one of these movies in like it's like native environment. I want to see like, uh, we did go on a... Yeah, there was a, there was some drunk yeah. crowds of ladies watching Magic Mike 3 The Last Dance yeah. on opening night. <laughs> Bro, when I told when I tell you like when they introduced the movie, like uh, Channing Tatum and uh, Selma Hayek are like, "Hey guys, thank you for watching our movie." I was the only guy in there that I was waiting for you two to show up. <laughs> I was the only guy, other than the one rogue dude that was sitting by himself that that was just there for that movie. Again, Justine, <laughs> comedy legend. Yes. So I'm there watching this intro, and like that's when I could tell like the girls were getting giddy because like they're like oh Channing Tatum's on screen I don't know what they're saying but they're like laughing you know because it's like they're getting ready they're getting stoked for the film <laughs> I mean as soon as the movie starts it's like they're not pulling punches because as soon as that happens like he's probably in a suit for like five minutes then he starts grinding on someone <laughs> so like uh, I would say there's less dancing in this one weirdly yeah than or the you second see one the second one there's a lot more dancing in between right. all three of them. Yeah, you see, you'll see a lot of like random like street break dancers as they're assembling their uh, like group together. Squad, yeah. uh, who's going to perform at the play? But they're so, not like naked. They're yeah, they're nothing. not really sexy dancing. Just, it's just like break dancing. Yeah, kinda. they're like some of them take their shirts off, and that's like the extent. The only person I think that really gets fucking uh, almost naked is Channing Tatum again, right? Right. Well, this is the only installment that doesn't have nudity, right? The other two do. No, there's no. no. They, the, the first one, there's like a penis. There's not really a, well. well he's, he's pumping okay. himself up again. Weird. But you don't see like his like you don't see his body with his dick like his face. It is more likely than not a prosthetic penis in a penis pump, like blurry foreground, and you see the kid yeah. looking at like I don't know three quarters of a penis in a penis pump being pumped up because he's okay. so weirded out by what's happening. And I think there's some like stripper titties in the first one because they hang out with lady, lady yeah. strippers. But the second one, I don't think there's any. Like dong. Yeah, there's no dong. Is yeah, there but any... I said nudity. Like, there's... No, there's no real nudity. Oh, okay. The first one, there's boobs. That's it. Huh. Second yeah. one, it's more like guys' butts. Yeah, there's no yeah. one hanging dong. And in even any Matthew of the McConaughey's trilogy. butt from the first one, you see his butt. But he's wearing underwear. Yeah. They're all wearing like clothes. No penis, no balls. Dylan's Anyways. commentary earlier reminded me at some point, um, 
we haven't done it yet. It, the, the closest we got was with the mean one. You know what I mean? Where you told me that the the audience was going crazy and the, the, the theater was packed, right? <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, when when Dylan said, yeah, you know, like I got there first. I was waiting for the other two guys. If you and I didn't show up, that oh, would have been that would have been, been a mean mean prank to pull. Yeah. I don't care. I even right, I right. said I would That's watch true. It would have been the wrong guy to pull it on. Yeah. You could have pulled it on me. Like, yeah. Mind you, I walked up those stairs alone. It's not like those ladies. <laughs> those ladies stared me down as I locked. Like, I could tell they were laughing because yeah. I walked up with my my soda and my popcorn. So it's not like I was like, they knew I was in there for the movie. I don't think they were like, oh, this guy snuck in. In for this. the long haul. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm here to enjoy Magic Mike 3, baby. I'm a fucking fan. Yeah, I had to. I did have to go up to the concession stand and say, one for Magic Mike, please. Just one. I bought it uh, on my phone because I thought I'd be late. But yeah, no, I face-to-face interaction one for Magic Mike, please. Uh, the, I, I I don't know where else to put this in, but uh, I will say that the like a, a lot of that free improvisational dialogue stuff has a charm to it. I think in general, the acting and the characters and the chemistry has a uh, some charm. You like seeing Salma Hayek and Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum is very funny. As a person, yeah. I, I, I've not seen him like act in anything and been like, ah, that was dialed in. Like he's he's a charismatic fella, and not just for the penis wiggling. Let me tell you, just uh, you know, him just making shit chat, kind of uh, making shit up is great. Favorite line in a movie this year: He's sitting on the plane with Selma Hayek, and she's like, you know, trying to give him a, a sandwich or something, and he's peeling off all the lettuce. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't really fuck with vegetables. <laughs> And, and I will not see a greater line than that in the whole movie. And she's like, well, how do you have a body like that? And he's like, I don't know. Genetics. Cut. <laughs> Cut. End of subject. That's fucking hilarious. Then in the second one, uh, some lady offers some cake. She's like, I don't eat cake. I eat, I'm a cookie person. I'd much rather kill a package of Oreos than eat that cake. Um, yeah, he said, I'd rather kill a package of Oreo than eat that bullshit. <laughs> And the girl's like, it's red velvet. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, there's a lot of swearing in all these movies, and it's so fucking funny. <laughs> and it makes me think, like, because, all right, guys, everyone, I don't think it was mentioned. I saw the second one with my mom in theaters. So I don't, like, I don't remember much of it. I must have just been so, like, fucking creeped out, like, awkward with, like, being with my mom watching these. Because, like, again, there's more stripping in the second one. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So I don't remember much of it, but rewatching, like, God damn it, this is actually really funny. I think yeah. that was like also like a Channing Tatum like non-believer too at that time, because <laughs> oh, he was only in yeah. those movies, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, and so like again, just a, a good time. I would watch. I would watch three again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to see it now too after I've seen the first. Yeah, two. you guys are Which, weird. <laughs> by the way, none of these are like reliant on the other plot wise. Like they're kind of standalone. You can especially three. Three dive is like in the anytime. most non like because one and two, it's like. Once he leaves, they Kevin Nash calls him again. It's like, oh, yeah, Matthew McConaughey and the kid are doing other stuff now. Now we're just on our own. Oh, cool. Let me join you guys. <laughs> on a road trip to a stripper con. <laughs> and then the third one, they're not even there. They just Zoom call him. <laughs> Some stuff had happened between the two movies. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So you guys almost didn't get Selma Hayek in three. Oh, yeah? Because well, they actually they cast a different actress, and they actually shot a week's worth of of scenes, but then she had to drop out because of a family emergency. Oh. And then they brought in Selma, which is crazy because I, I thought she did really well. And yeah. I feel like she was integral to the whole thing, right down to my favorite part of the movie where she storms in the room and just goes, you motherfucker! Yeah. That was one of the best. <laughs> like I, that, that actually, that scene got me excited. Yeah. You know, like I, but the, yeah, the rest, I mean, I was just kind of like... Who was supposed to be in her shoes? So it was a woman named, I don't know how to pronounce this, Tandyway Newton? 
Yeah, Tandy Newton. Okay, yeah, from Crash and Mission Impossible 2. Oh. Yeah. Her, so her full name was Tandiwa, and okay. they made her shorten it to sound yeah. more... Yeah. Anglo. Yeah. Tandy. And then so recently she's been like, no, nah, I'm putting it back on. <laughs> yeah, Hell fuck yeah. y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's who's originally supposed to play the Selma Hayek role, which is wild. The way Selma played it, she was unhinged. <laughs> yeah, and funny. And yeah, in the, yeah, yeah. In, the, in the movie they say, like, yeah, she's, uh, she's kind of like impetuous, you know, and just kind of makes stuff up and doesn't really like think things out much. And yeah, she does a really good job being that character. This was um it was also so it was slated to go direct to streaming on HBO Max, huh. but then they're kind of like, eh, it looks like we're taking the turn. Let's go ahead and do this yeah, in theaters. Yeah, some drunk ladies yeah, coming yeah, out here. Exactly. Come on, let's do some concessions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When people say Skinamax, yeah. is, is that referring to like a sh- uh, a channel? That's a genre. Yeah, Cinemax would have oh, Cinemax. like late night on yes. Cinemax specifically. Yes. there would be like softcore, you know, movies like you know. Intimate I, seduction. Can I say this? I love that she doesn't know this. She's yeah. a pure soul. That's yeah, let me bo- let me let me boomer explain to you uh, yeah. softcore pornography. Yeah. Well, so I'm um, I'm wondering because uh, if it had gone straight to s- streaming, like, do you think they would do something like that? Like, or is no. that just not heard of? It's kind of done. Okay. You know, because like, is that that was when it was like you know regular cable and not like on demand mm-hmm. streaming. You know, it's so it's they a wouldn't whole different make like media. a. I mean, it's. R-rated anyway, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, just be an R-rated movie. Yeah, it wouldn't be like After Dark, you know, mm. kind of. Yeah, and even those, like that uh, brand of like softcore movies, you know, they never really showed, They you don't hang dong in those either. No. You see the butt in the midsection and the boobs on the upper and a lot of soap covering things up, so. Yeah, it was almost like light. that Vaseline on the lens. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, give that soap opera feel. Yeah, so it, like I don't, I don't like. I don't imagine ladies watching this and like beating off to it. You know, I don't think it's that kind of like sexually yeah. exciting. I want to meet that freak. Though. Dark, you know, <laughs> dark desires. Um, yeah, because I guess the way that you were saying, uh, like other movies, like uh, Stomp the Yard or right, whatever, right. they will find excuses to do the thing they know you yes, came to see. Absolutely, and this is like the opposite of that. Yeah, it, it deprives you of it. Yeah. It doesn't really give it to you. I mean, the end. It's like when they when they have the play. Like there's there's a plenty penis wiggle in it. Even you. that paced weird. Yeah, absolutely, and it's also like. The daughter, the teenage daughter, is like present while the penis wiggling is happening, and they're like, "Hold on, this is like a more explicit sequence. We're gonna take you out of the of the theater while this is happening." So there's penis wiggling, and then it cuts to the like waiting room where the daughter and their butler is hanging out in for no real reason. <laughs> this is like, by the way, they are in the building; they're just not watching the penis wiggling, and so it's a weird thing to cut away from the penis wiggling to. Yeah, they, yeah, they take away more dancing. <laughs> it's like they ran out or something. They did, they like didn't write enough. Yeah. And also, like choreograph the play just kind of turns into a strip club. Like the actual venue turns into a strip club. Oh yeah, right they all after. start dancing afterwards, like an after part after hours yeah. club. It felt like an award show too. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I like it. <laughs> Fucking Channing Tatum still buff, man. It pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> did you say still buff? Yeah. He gonna stay buff. Yeah, I know. I'm eating. I'm sitting there eating popcorn, and <laughs> that, that's why. <laughs> like, damn. And he just, and he, yeah, rubs it into your face too with the Oreos and not fucking with vegetables. Like just being mean. I know. <laughs> All right. So, Magic Mike, are we uh, are we putting the dollar bill in the g string of Magic Mike Three: The Last Dance? 
or are we, uh, you know, just going to stay home and read our Bibles? Uh, I, 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 if it wasn't clear, I am morbidly fascinated as of two days ago with this entire <laughs> franchise. I don't know if I like it or not. <laughs> I'm just fucking fascinated with it because it is so far uh, removed from what I thought it was. I would say if you are like me, um, by all means, dive into this weird, weird series of films that by no means should have ever been like a cultural phenomenon. It's worth watching, uh, but I would say the third movie is similar enough to the first two where it's like, if you like those movies, you'll like this one. If you dislike those movies, you'll dislike this one. And also, you know, neither here nor there, but um, it's kind of weird to see the male body sexualized in this kind of way. And I was like, oh, this is what it's like when there's like a woman in prison movie and they just keep cutting to like shower scenes and stuff. I'm not like uncomfortable. I can look at, you know, buff dudes gyrating and stuff, but it is just like, all right, I am uh, I'm twiddling my thumbs right now. <laughs> oh, we were no, no, you weren't twiddling your thumbs. You were laughing. It's laughing. The, okay, and it's uncomfortable. You, for, for visual reference, it's it's myself, Dylan, and Colin packed into the very upper corner of the auditorium, just cackling. Yeah, because like, I'm watching something I is that is not intended for like a male eyes. To no, see. no, no, not straight male eyes at least. But I don't. Again, the different. Uh, Different uh, demographic. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend to understand what gets these people off. But uh, yeah, it was, it's a kind of discomfort. It's not like, ew, gross, uh, discomfort. But it's like... What am I doing with my life, discomfort? It's just like, <laughs> boy, I uh, you don't see that every day. <laughs> that is, uh, they are really spending some time on that uh, G-string there. It, yeah, that, that that fellow is quite flexible. It's his, uh, <laughs> They love doing 69 moves in the yeah, dance boy, those, those are his testicles very close to that woman's face and... She is enjoying this thoroughly. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. That was like, a, <laughs> that's kind of like an uncommon experience. So, like, if you like to see something you haven't seen before or don't get to see often, uh, yeah, you can watch some beefcakes get uh, 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 hornied up on the screen. It's, it's interesting. It's a lot more interesting than I ever thought it would be. <laughs> I don't think it's good, um, but putting a dollar bill in the, in the G string with a very quizzical look on my face. And um, <laughs> at the end of it, after seeing all of the different strippers come out and fairly, you know, giving a dollar tip to all of them, I might go two dollars in, in Channing Tatum's G string because uh, the man is Charm City, gives a stellar performance and all these way more of one than he needs to, I guess. And uh, so I appreciate the Magic Mike franchise for existing exactly as it is. What's the give a dollar or go read a book? Yeah, you go, you stay home and you read the Bible or you go to the strip or you are at you, you tip the strippers a dollar. Oh, okay. you put a dollar in their district. No, I'll go to the strip club. Um, I'll tip them money. I'll throw like a bunch of ones on the ground, like at them. Don't know if they'll grab it, don't know if they'll get it, but I'll uh, I'll still throw it at them. They were never going to charge you in the first place. <laughs> yeah, some of these guys are working harder for those dollar bills than the other. Brent, what do you think? Uh, well, given the options that you presented, I will stay home and I'll read the Bible. Not because of anything to do with this movie, but because I've been forced to watch so many religious movies over the last year that I want to know exactly what I'm watching and maybe be able to put some of the pieces together. You want to know what happens in the Bible? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I will say, I really like the scene in Magic Mike 3, The Last Dance, right. when uh, they're trying to uh, persuade El Edna 
and like she's in the bus. Oh and my all god! All the dancers are there, and they just that was sick. And that, they just right. dance at her. Okay, and she's like, "Yep, approved. You're okay. good." This is a bureaucratic lady who's like trying to shut them down for making alterations to a historical uh, uh, building because they're extending the stage so that they can do their penis wiggles at people closer. And she's like, you can't build a fucking stage here. This is a historical building. And they're like, okay, let's track where she goes. Let's memorize her bus route. Let's all incognito, like, flash mob style get on the bus on the upper level of the double-decker bus. And on her route to uh, where she works, they start synchronized dancing at her. And thus, she approves these changes to the historical building. When they first show her doing her mundane stuff, it's like when she's in her building, like the blinds are closed and it's all gray. And then once uh, the dancing happens, she's back in her office and like the blinds are open. It's all sunny inside. She's like smiling and she just presses approve and she's like, just like, you know, remembering the dance that just happened. If the entire movie was like that, I'm completely on board. But it was just like one scene... In this weird hodgepodge of other scenes. This is one movie in a weird hodgepodge of movies. These movies are strange. God damn it. But penis wiggling changes lives. That's what I know. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Dylan, you watched a movie with, I think, very little uh, penis wiggling I watched a very, I've watched a very sexy and like, like, uh, very, Titillating. Like, very male dominating, like, uh, movie. Take us to our last sci fi, our final film. I watched The Amazing Maurice, uh, a movie about a ginger cat that, um, works a scam with the rats, um, and some guy. What? Listen, guys, I, I kind of forced myself to watch this one during the day today, um, so it's kind of fresh in my, my, in my mind. It's an animation film produced by like 10 companies <laughs> that I've never heard of in my life. And, you know, that's fine. I, I'm here for the movies. I don't care. Um, it's about a cat who can talk, who's friends with a bunch of rats who can also talk, and a kid that can play the recorder. And they go in the, every town and, like, scam every town saying that, oh, it's the Pied Piper, and he's a... Uh, Getting all the rats out of your town. Give us money. This is a a rat human talking cat conspiracy. And the the rats can talk. Everyone knows what the rats are saying. Like in the whole world. No. Oh. No, because they talk to the kids. Oh, you weren't there. You didn't watch it. You didn't say I'm saying not every rat talks oh, in the yeah, whole I'm world. Sorry. Not every this rat. Is in a the world. small group of rats who can talk. Yeah. For, For clarification, the, Colin, did you see the movie? No, but I watched okay. the summary of it, and it is. Uh, this is this is based on a Terry Pratchett book, and I fuck with Terry Pratchett, uh, called uh, "The Amazing Maurice and His Educated Rodents." Yeah, they say that in the beginning. I didn't yeah. know that. So these are his. So these specific group of rodents is are educated rodents. And I don't know why they don't just call it that because it feels more like a movie about the rats. I think because anyway. they can't get the the the, the think rats, rodents would like rats turn people, people off. off. So this yeah, is okay. a fair classic enough. bait and switch. Um, that's fair. So um, yeah, it like it breaks the third wall. The one of the the girl that's in the movie is also at the same time reading another book at you. It it's kind of weird because like she's re she's telling you another story while the actual movie is happening. So let's say she's on, she's in the forest. All of a sudden, it cuts to her in her room reading a book at you, kind of like a, what's that movie called? 
Princess Bride? Yeah, like the Princess Bride kind of style. Oh, so everything in the movie has happened, and the girl has knowledge of it, and is in the book, and I, she's I think recalling, she's, recounting the tales of it. So sorta, because the book is not the story that you're actually watching. It's kind of weird. I don't, I don't get it. Anyway, so like uh, the animation, just to just to make this a quick quick summary, the the animation's okay. I thought it'd be much worse, <laughs> and. Um, it's not as bad. There's some scenes that are like whatever, but then there's some scenes that are better. But the 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 story's okay. Like it's a kids movie. I'm not gonna sit there and be like, none of it makes sense. The animation's stupid. The why does the cat talk and the rats can? Um, apparently they all ate the rats ate magic that a magician threw away, and uh, they learned to talk and they learned how to read, and then the cat ate one of the rats and could talk now. Don't know how that 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 translates into scamming, but I'll buy it. That's fine. <laughs> and I don't know why a cat and rats would need money. Like <laughs> that's what I was just thinking. Like it's like knowledge. Yeah, it's, it's very like it's very Shrekish, but like it feels like if Shrek didn't have the rights to like a lot of like fairy tales, <laughs> public domain. Yeah, fairy it's tales. weird because they only do like they don't know the law. <laughs> yeah, they, they weirdly do like maybe three of them or maybe even two. But like it, it whatever that that to be the case. But like um, you know, it's very easy to digest. If you're a child, I'm sure you'll have fun. Um, I don't know if a parent, uh, you know, some older people that were in the crowd were laughing, and uh, I gotta say, I as much as I liked it, I would never watch it again. <laughs> not because I hate it. Not because like I just don't. Sometimes I, you're just good. You know yeah, I mean? they're just good once. Good once. Yeah. I'd rather watch Shrek. I'll be honest. If I had to compare Shrek to the Mat, the Amazing Maurice, would rather watch Shrek. We'll put it up against uh, Puss in Boots. I'd rather watch Puss in Boots. Yeah. It was not Puss in Boots level quality. Yes, no, it was like <laughs> it's not even like Shrek three, <laughs> not even Shrek ever after. What's the one we saw that was really bad with Michael Sarah? Oh, Pause Pause of Fury. Pause of Fury. Oh, you know, I would rather watch the Amazing Maurice than Pause of Fury. Okay, Somehow, that makes sense to me. The the sounds the sound quality is way better than in Pause of Fury. <laughs> and as much as I liked the Pause of Fury for the for the soundscape of like someone's like room and like recorded on an Apple laptop. Top, like it's. I would rather watch the Amazing Maurice. At least, okay. like the characters are at least likable. The, the rats are pretty cool. There's some cool like animation with like the book that the girl's telling you. Like the animation of the book is way different. It looks like a, I guess, like what you would like a 30s like cartoon. Okay, and they're moving and like uh, it, it just looks better than the actual movie that you're watching. You kind of <laughs> wish that 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 animation was the whole movie that's weirdly they use that mixed uh media thing in um in pause of fury as well though in his flashbacks remember oh yeah but it doesn't look like that it right, looks right. more like a like a drawing like a Winnie the pooh drawing or something i'm just saying these post uh i i think it's Winnie that the post uh, spider-verse stuff where they just mix all the different animation styles oh but yeah. the, but those animations like are quick they're not right, like right, right. they're barely there like to do anything it's just more like uh Here's a snake in a in a hat and a bow tie, and he's like, hee, 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 and then he slithers away. That's like that's the animation that's cool, where versus the actual rats and the cat and the kid. And the scams. They look like a poor version of Pixar movies, and it's like, okay, fair All enough. Right. Like I'm not, again, not mad. Don't know if this is a British film. Everyone was British in the film. So I assume it's a British film. <laughs> I couldn't figure anything out. I was looking up everything that the uh, animation companies did, and... It was I was I was coming to a blank with everything. One of them was like a, a Thor ripoff, but it wasn't 
it's called Thor, but like you know they they won't they're trying to yeah mi- milk like, kids of uh, who want to watch MCU stuff. So I suspect some of these companies involved in this might be involved in the knockoff uh, trade. Yeah. Was there uh, music in it? Yeah, actually, it opens up with uh, the rats and the cats singing at the village that they're scamming, like the first village that they show. It's, actually, I would say the first five minutes was like legitimately enjoyable because the mm-hmm. song is like, we're rats and we're bad and we're going to eat your food, shit like that, you know? And it's like <laughs> the animation for that's pretty cool because it's like rats doing bad things and like <laughs> okay. all of a sudden like uh, the rats are coming out of people's shirts and, they're like, and it's like, oh shit, <laughs> that's cool. I would say that's like the best part of the film. The rest is just okay. I would say uh, I liked it. Uh, weirdly enough, the voice acting is not as bad as you would think. Like, I don't. It doesn't really feel like a lot of people like were phoning it in or like not caring, like Pause of Fury. But um, <laughs> like that's cool. I would say like if you are stuck with your kid that you have over the weekend, just you could take him to that. That's fine. If you're not. Um, and you have your kid full time, go ahead and like take them to the theater. That's fine too. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, watch it with your family. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> it's good. Put it on in the background at Easter. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's not, I don't know. It's weird. Like the rats are cool. The fact that the, they made like a real cool, like positive rat movie. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I'd give Respect. them that. Yeah. Brent, what do you got for us? We're going to talk a little bit about AI today and the movies. A recent investigation by Motherboard found that an increasing amount of working voice actors are being asked to sign rights away to their voices so that studios and production houses can replicate their voice using artificial intelligence in current and future productions across film, television, game development, and of course anything involving animation. Uh, some of these contracts do not come with additional compensation or the ability to say yes or no to future projects generated using the unique vocal characteristics and qualities of each actor. Now, studios have popped up for the sole purpose of replicating any human's voice, and they can generate all of the input they need via having someone reading a script for anywhere from 10 to 60 minutes. And the cost of using these AI voice services is very cheap. Some as low as $30 a month for a regular subscription, and some sites even offering the technology for free. Now, there's obviously issues with uh, when it comes to this. One being consent. Uh, <laughs> you know, like there's um, when you have public figures. Uh, I think some of the early ones were like Barack Obama, Joe Rogan, right, you know, right. did those. Yeah. Um, another issue is this allows directors <laughs> to get lines out of actors that they would normally shoot down, uh, which happens all the time. You're like, I, I, I can't read my that. My character you know, wouldn't you know. do that. Or like an agent would say, no, they can't, they can't do that. But because they, 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 set, they perhaps signed a contract that allows for the synthetic creation of their voice, the studio could do it. The director could do it at that point. So you can um, fake kiss Jonah Hill. What'd you say? So you oh. can fake kiss Jonah Hill. <laughs> yeah, from that uh, You People movie. Oh, yeah, exactly. They didn't really kiss. No yep. uh, no intimacy. There you go. <laughs> um, a lot of the productions are slipping these clauses into contracts without even alerting the performer. So let's say the performer didn't have a competent attorney looking it over, which is the case with, uh, you know, for a lot of these voice actors. Or you know, let's say you've worked for this, this, this company before. You could presume that it's the same contract that you had looked over before. You could just sign off without ever you know, understanding what you just signed. 
partially because the verbiage could also use words like instead of saying AI, it'll just say like, yeah, we're allowed to synthetically uh, recreate your voice. And people might not make the connection that they can, you know, take your voice, make it say something completely different in perpetuity. You know, when, when George Lucas was running the, the trilogies and kept re-editing them. Right, right, Yeah, you know, it's right. kind of like that thing. Where you just well, they do, they have whole-ass people who aren't alive in the movies now, so... Yeah. <laughs> they just be popping people in. It seems like uh, neither here nor there. Um, and then probably the biggest issue is a lot of these voice actors are just being outright told, if you don't sign this contract, you're yeah, not yeah, getting the job. Out of it. I, got a, I got a fucked up ethical dilemma for you. Mm-hmm. It's a Fat Albert reboot. Yes. It's an AI Cosby. Okay. Cosby gets no money. Okay. Certain percentage goes to uh, you know women's causes. Is it is is, is it fair game? That dovetails <laughs> perfectly into where I wanted to go with this. Roles and actors that perhaps should sign over their their voice. Well, rights. fucking uh, Adult Swim right now probably really wants Justin Roiland to do that. I don't know how that works either, though, right? If so, if they cancel or they kick a person off of a program for like an ethical issue, can they still use his voice? Because yeah, you signed it. But the whole thing is like to ostracize a person, so you're still essentially using so you their it. talents. I just feel like you just get a different voice actor. Like the there's that Morgan Freeman thing, right? right? Where he's like, "Oh, you can't afford me. Just get somebody that sounds like me." <laughs> and it's like, "Okay." I, I mean, they've done that for forever. Where it's like, if this Down person can't, yeah, substitute with another human. What was that second Aladdin movie where they got uh, just a, a Robin Williams type beat to do the voice of the genie? Really? Yeah, there was a, there was a bit of controversy in the VHS days. <laughs> They're like, "What? They didn't even get." Robin Williams is a genie, F that, but then he came back for the third one. Dylan, did uh, Gilbert Gottfried never turn down any voice acting, right? <laughs> Not that I know of. The last voice acting I know he did was in that Smiling People show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never actually watched it, but I watched this part. He plays God. I was trying to remember <laughs> if Iago in the movie was the same as oh Iago yeah no on the Gilbert show. Godfrey is the same is the parent <laughs> he'll every he'll get time. he'll take the knockdown he's not skipping it okay so yeah. he's put down enough on tape that you could absolutely replicate right. his voice in AI is he do you want him in no because because well I don't give a shit because his yeah. it, you, Gilbert doing a kids show was always phoning it in yeah you know so it's not like yeah having his voice or not having his voice you're not really getting Gilbert it's about <laughs> like uh. Yeah, Gilbert phoning it in for like what was some of his lesser known side characters, Dylan? Cyber Chase. Right. He's in he's plays like a fire alarm. He plays like the duck. He plays yes. uh he does a lot of voices, especially like in kids' cartoons. It's like he plays like a dentist in um the fairly odd parents. When he's doing those kind of uh gigs, Bulls, yeah. You might as well be AI. It's just like the crazy voice you're getting. It's not like his mm-hmm acting ability which is the other thing it's like that the whole bit about voice acting and like why you have to be kind of really good to do that is there's acting involved it's not just a recounting of a line like voice acting is a whole different kind of art form again if we're talking about like getting what do they call it movies coverage right like people walking away adding adr is that what they call it Mm -hmm. i mean you're just gonna end up it's just gonna end up being kind of stiff and rigid i would think well, it's called fucking acting. It's yeah. why yeah. humans do it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but AI is evolving so fast. At the same time, here's who I think should sign away voice rights immediately. James Earl Jones, just for Darth Vader. Yeah. Well, they're going to use his shit anyways. They don't give a fuck. Guess, Disney wants yeah. his shit. They're if, taking it. It's done. I think I've 
read that they that they've been wanting him to do that it's because they're like we don't need him to act we yeah. just right. need his voice and a helmet because he's old yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's just fucking so bleak yeah it's rude fucking, yeah. I mean, he's just rude just of course. But they also they also know their audience because the minute you like for instance when they replaced uh harrison ford with you know somebody that wasn't harrison ford as han solo in the solo standalone, right? Fans just like weren't having it. So, well, Star Wars fans being fucking weird is <laughs> that is a yeah. completely separate issue to, yeah. to AI stuff. And it seems even if they streamline it and have some weird sweatshop, you know, putting all this stuff together, it doesn't seem like it could be that much cheaper than just getting like a pretty good actor <laughs> to voice something. You mm-hmm. know. All right, we're gonna talk a little bit about AMC. Uh, the theater chain has soft-launched something called Sightline. This is where customers are now paying different rates for different locations in the theater. Some of the seats up front are actually less expensive than their standard rate. Uh, and you can only sit in these seats if you are part of their uh, AMC Stubbs uh, membership. The middle seats now, uh, those occur a premium upgrade fee where only members of the AMC Stubbs Plus tier can sit without paying extra. So if you're in AMC Stubbs, like the two bottom tiers, you still got to pay for the, the upgrades. And the to upgrades do are a normal ass seat. That's what we're it's calling a an seat upgrade. in a movie theater. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, the company claims it's based on the model for concerts, sporting events, and Broadway. Let's say you go to a sporting event, it happens once. In your life, this movie, it, like it's running at least six times a day. You know what I mean? Right. The, the overhead's considerably lower. There's no variation. There's no uh, extra accommodation. More to the point, I mean, at least I don't know. Maybe the AMC's in these locations are like real cutthroat, but like. Mm-hmm. there's often six people in the fucking theater. Right. (laughs) You know, so it's like if you pay for the the cheap seats and then sit somewhere else because it's a fucking empty theater, are one of the fucking Usher kids going to come in and say, hold up, mister? That's the issue. How do you enforce this during a movie where you need to be quiet? Hey, you got to get up and move uh, back there. I don't know. We've, you know, we, we go to a lot of these screenings and people sneak in all the time, right? Yeah. The usher comes in, you see them like do a count and then they just shake their head and they walk out. Yeah. They don't confront people. Like it's it's, it's just so convoluted and, and weird. Like, there's just all these levels that AMC has. They just keep throwing stuff at a wall. Like for instance, when the Batman ran, they decided to just charge $2 more. I mean, listen, <laughs> I am in favor of a sliding scale, not necessarily tied to budget, but I do okay. think... That's a way to get some butts in the seats for yeah. the smaller movies. Is like, yeah, charge three dollars to see uh, she came from the woods. Perfect example uh, for eighty for Brady. They're making and this is this is kind of ageist in a way. They've made every screening the matinee slash senior price, no matter what time you go. Fucking a. So yeah, good idea there. But yeah, it, charging more. Any added level of of complexity is not a good idea right for <laughs> like, movies yeah, yeah you want to <laughs> yes <laughs> you want to make it as easy as possible for everybody to come and see these and this is totally the opposite it's not like a disneyland problem right. where you're like there's so many people let's make it super expensive mm-hmm. so nobody will come and then people do come anyway but you're still making tons of money you don't have that kind of demand in your theater you need to be making like cheap seats the more appropriate thing would be like, okay, we're going to have whoever the first 30 people get these really cheap ones. And then 
and then it gets more expensive. Like when you like getting tickets to something and like early birds, you know, whatever is right. cheaper. And then yeah. it, later on, it gets more expensive. So if you want to see the movie, catch it earlier. Um, there's like a like a sweet spot you have to hit too with stuff like pricing. It's like, well, where are the bad seats? Which ones are you going to consider bad? Mm-hmm. And are people going to you know, like at a concert where it's like, well, a lot of people want these seats, so there's going to be demand for it. I don't think people care that much yeah. at a lot of movies. Let's say you want to watch Magic Mike 3, and then you look at the app and see, oh, well, the best seats are already taken. Are you now going to be like, I'll just watch it a different day? Or should I just sit on the side? If I wait longer, like I can get a cheaper one or I could get better tickets on a different day. It's just too many things to think about. If you're just going to go see Magic Mike on this day, you don't really care. You're just like, I'll sit over here. But if you feel like you're getting cheated, wow, it yeah. doesn't feel as good. Yeah, like, that's know? a good point. Like, yeah, Because like, you know, the quote unquote good seats in yeah. the middle. If you're looking at however many screens you go, Man, all the middle seats are taken. You're like, eh, I don't want to see it that much. Yeah, and yeah. you just you you lose a sale. Mm-hmm. Don't make this more complicated. People don't need it to be more complicated. Those mystery movie deals mm-hmm. make money. Yeah. You don't even care where you're gonna sit, and you don't care what movie you're gonna watch. You just know it's gonna be five bucks, and that is like taking out all of the complications that you could possibly come up with. Dylan, if our if our beloved Regal goes under and you're forced to become an AMC Stubbs member and you're faced with these options, are you going standard fare? Are you going discount like up front? Or are you going premium right up the middle? Where's standard fare? Standard fare is just like anywhere that's like what they consider normal seats that aren't premium, which is the middle, or the very front, which is what they consider discount. Oh, I'd be standard. Uh, just my, off the sides. My yeah. favorite seat okay. is where I was sitting during Magic Mike, which the is corner. the corner behind the railing. <laughs> That's my favorite seat of all time to watch any of these movies. Is there any particular reason, or are you just used to it? Just fucking away from people. Good call. So, like... <laughs> okay, so you're a standard fare kind of guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. I don't think I could ever do front two rows. No, there's no. I've. I mean, I've been. We've all been in those positions. Yeah. Murder mall, especially. Sucks. Yeah. Well, like some of the. Like I think the nicer theaters now, the ones that have like twelve seats total in yeah. them for no reason. Those like there's not really a front front row. Yeah. Front row there is different than the front row at yeah. the packed folding uh, chairs ones. I don't know even why they have. Seats that close. I legit don't know why they have yeah. seats to up pack there. the room. I think there's like the remember the kid in school who would like on the coldest day or rainy day would show up in like shorts and a flip flops and be like, <laughs> "It doesn't bother me at all. I don't yeah. see why it's cold." I think that's the guy that's going up front. We're just like, I like it bigger. Okay. Yeah, just a weird contrarian. Yeah, like, it's like in my face. I used I used to be that kid. I'm not gonna lie. I yeah. I can recall twice that I've seen a movie way up there. The first one I'll say is a more recent one. It was watching Beowulf, uh-huh. 3D at the Irvine Ooh. Spectrum. Was it there? Hell yeah, it was. It was Beowulf. Were we, were right we all the You're way in the front? Pearl. Yes. Okay, well, whatever it is. <laughs> so I wear glasses, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm close enough, and the screen is gigantic. I'll be able to watch this without my glasses, because also it hurts my eyes because it's 3D. <laughs> It doesn't work. Terrible. I don't understand how you <laughs> Terrible can't experience. See. Also the greatest way to watch Beowulf in 3D at the Irvine oh, Spectrum. And um, the other one was I was a child. We were watching Speed 2. 
I get motion sickness really easily. And th- that movie was not about a, a bus. So they're like in the water <laughs> and uh, like there's a lot of rocking in the water um, scenes. And I had drink like some kind of watermelon drink. And then we went to the theater and I was sick the whole time. Like that <laughs> juice. I don't know what. That was so gross. Like, oh, my God, all this water, you know, like sweating like you're going to throw up, you know, that oh kind of like God. nausea. And um, I made it to the credits. And then I threw up <laughs> just watermelon I was, drink. Yeah, I was going to ask how you remember so many details. Now I fully yeah. understand. Yes. Yeah. And you got cheated out of Keanu. That was a Jason Patrick. Yeah, that was a horrible yeah. everything. I think the tagline to that movie was Speed 2. It's not about a bus this time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one time, one of my experiences is sitting in the front. This is pre-Straight Edge, Dylan. Like I was in high school. Paul Blart like came out <laughs> and my cousin and, say less king and in Mar- the Mayor Mesa Regal which is by the way the best my, regal. my favorite yeah. Regal of all time me and my cousin like uh, went through the back of the theater there's a big ass building behind you so we're like behind the building we just smoked then we just walked in we're like freshmen in high school and we're like let's go watch Paul Blart there's not that many people in the theater my cousin's like let's just watch it like in the front and then, like we're like in the very front and like uh, Kevin James, like, big-ass face, like, because it's, like, just his face on screen. We're just like, what the fuck is happening? But then I saw Orange County in the front row. Yeah, like, Hank's I, joint. Like, I could have sit in the back, but for no reason as a child, I watched it in the front. You know, my mom would tell me about watching, like, Led Zeppelin and, like, huge, you know, 70s rock bands. She's like, yeah, you just paid, like, 8 bucks, 12 bucks, and you just walked in. No one checked you for anything. You just sat wherever. Like, can we go back? <laughs> we take That'd like be when, fantastic. You, when you hear yeah. people paying, you know, in the first two seconds of a a concert being available, and there's already like reselling that's happening through the site. Like it's so gross and dystopian. It's like, can we just go back to like paper ticket stubs? Yeah, a ticket. <laughs> I would like a ticket. Here it is. It's yeah. You don't have to pick out anything. Yeah, and you know what? Um, any of these people, if if Led Zeppelin could pay for play for twelve dollars, we'll adjust for inflation. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, twenty bucks, twenty five, whatever it is. Well, let's just go with that. Let's go with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like just having to when they when they switched over to like you absolutely mandatory have to select a seat. Uh, I, I just I felt really weird. But now this is like a new level. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, there's tears within the theater. I don't. I don't know if I could ever get used to that. Yeah, I just need to. I need. It needs to be simple. It, I've said this before. I will say it till I die. This is. This is cereal. Movies are cereal. Cereal, in and of itself. I mean, bowl, milk, fucking cinnamon toast crunch. It's not like good or healthy or anything. It's just comforting. It's just nice. It is what it is. It doesn't need to be gussied up. It doesn't need to be switched around. I think by the if you fancy it too much. It kind of stops being and serving the purpose that you look to cereal to serve, yeah. which is probably to remind you of like, you know, watching Saturday morning cartoons and some sort of nostalgic trip like that. That's just what movies need to be. Simple, stripped down, not good. It's not trying to optimize the best and the most financially efficient and all that shit. Like you have just strayed further from what you've done. You you've you've deconstructed uh, cereal on a molecular level and like recombobulated it in some kind of way where it's like a cereal like experience. But it's like motherfucker, I want the bowl of cereal. I want it to get soggy. I know it sucks. I want that 
experience in the movies. And, and I do dread the day that it's going to be taken away and it's, it's going to happen. Yeah, we've talked about this on, on in previous episodes, but yeah, I mean, like all all four of us advocates for getting people into the movie theaters so we can continue this experience. And when you add layers of difficulty like this, you're only going to drive people away, and they're they're not looking at it in this particular case, AMC. They're not looking at it from the perspective: how do we get more people in these seats? They're looking at it in terms of uh, how do we get the revenue up for you know shareholders? Right, right. You know, and that's and and they're taking they're trying something from different industries, which again. People hate that process, you know? So, yeah, I, I think they're going to see a decline uh, in attendance, and it's going to backfire. It's going to ex- expedite the death of the movie-going experience, I, I predict. And I want, like, a, I want like a flash-forward vision, like, 30 years from now, and I want it to, like, like the theater experience is the same, and it's there. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, okay, great. Great. <laughs> I don't ever need to talk about this again. Because yeah. it sucks. I would be like, oh, the cinema is dying. The death of cinema. I just need like a, a real crystal clear vision <laughs> of it being okay. And then I don't give a shit how, what winding road we take to get there. Sure. Just so long as yeah. I know that it's still, be around. It's, it's still yeah. there. Because it's, it's really, it, it gives me too much anxiety to think about a world without that experience that I grew up with, you know? Yeah. Strange. All right. Dylan, go ahead and let everybody know what we're going to be checking out next. Unlimited. Hello, everyone. This was Regal Movie Masters Unlimited Movie Review. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Regal Movie Masters Unlimited. Join us next episode for the talked about, controversial, cocaine bear. Let's finally see the true story of what actually happened in Georgia, you know? Been hearing about it a lot for years now, and finally there's a biopic about it. We're going to watch it. We're forced. Gun against our heads. Forced to watch Cocaine Bear. But we're excited. We also got Emily. Now, I just found out about this movie, and I guess it's about someone who wrote a certain book. But I will not spoil that one for you guys. Also, email us your questions, concerns, advice, and also movie requests. Our email is moviemasters760 at gmail.com. Movie is not plural. It's just a single movie. It's just one. No S after movie but an S after master. So, moviemasters760 at gmail.com. So if you've got anything for us, please email us there, and please specify if you want it, read on the air, or even name drop. All right, guys, we'll see you at the cinema. Bye!